Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast, where we drink and discuss whiskey from all across the globe. Everything from the top of the liquor store shelf to the dusty bottoms of the discount bin. Let's go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. If you've never been here before, welcome for the first time. Uh, This is actually part two of the new to whiskey mini series that will be available on netflix just kidding but we are talking about whiskey we are kind of giving people the basic ins and outs of the different types of whiskeys in the world and the country because a lot of people don't seem to know so i'm just gonna sprinkle you with a little bit of knowledge that i have it's not a lot but hopefully it'll do we have a lot of different episodes I really go deep into a lot of these different whiskeys that we're going to talk about today. So feel free to go back and check out some of those episodes too. But today we are going to talk about the great rye whiskey from America. It is beautiful. It is delicious. It is probably my favorite. And we're going to talk about some other American whiskeys as well because we covered bourbon already in part one. We're just going to knock out the rest of the Americans here and so we can get onto some other stuff. But So again, very similar to bourbon, rye whiskey is an American spirit, not exclusive to America though. You can make rye whiskey all over the world and people do. Canada makes a ton of rye whiskey and they make some of the very best rye whiskey in my personal opinion and they ship it everywhere. But the American rye whiskeys we're going to focus on today the biggest part of make it a rye whiskey is it has to be at least 51% rye in that mash bill. Very similar to what we talked about in the bourbon where it had to be 51% corn to be considered a bourbon. To be considered a rye, it should be 51% rye. And then they'll embellish on that with corn and malted barley usually. You can do 100% rye. You can do anything. Rye is a very tough grain to distill from what I'm told never tried it myself personally but every distiller I've talked to uh, rye is definitely the most challenging there's malted rye there's regular rye there's all kinds of different rye grains out there that give really different unique profiles I think that's one of the beauties about rye whiskey is that it's very unique compared to a bourbon I think with a bourbon you're going to get some signature notes that are going to be sweet you're going to get that caramel, you're going to get those cherry, you're going to get those oaky notes, some of those like just kind of rich, sweeter notes. And I think with rye, you're going to get some more of those uh, minty dill from certain kinds. You're going to get spice is definitely one of the main ones. Uh, fruitiness, more lighter fruitiness. Those are all some of the notes you're going to get from a rye. So if you're somebody who likes a spicier Whiskey, for instance, opposed to something that's sweeter, I think a rye may be right up your alley. Let's talk about some really popular ryes out there. I think for me, uh, Whistle Pig is probably one of the top tiers of rye whiskey. That is, uh, it's it's American company from Vermont. They've been distilling their own stuff for a little bit now, but. Majority of their stuff has been sourced from either Indiana or from Canada, and they make some really great uh, rye whiskeys there. Kentucky makes a ton of great rye whiskeys. 
there's rye whiskey from all over the country that's really good. Wisconsin makes some pretty good rye. You can really get good ones from anywhere, and there's very unique styles. That's why I think rye whiskey is a little bit more for somebody who's like really kind of like next level with whiskey. Like bourbon is obviously the most popular, but rye is not too far behind. It used to be used to be the big shit back in the day, even before bourbon. Uh, but now it's really making a comeback, especially with cocktails. Something about a nice, bold, spicy rye, it really does kind of stick through with a cocktail you're making. Try, try a cocktail, like even like, like an old-fashioned, for instance. Make an old-fashioned with a bourbon and then make one with a really good rye, and you're going to really taste the difference there. You're going to be like, hmm, I get those uh, those nice spicy notes that come out. Because when you're, when you're making an old-fashioned, for instance, with bourbon, it's kind of sweet on top of sweet. And then you're embellishing it with some of those bitters and some of that citrus as we're awry. You've got some of those spicier notes mixing in with the sweet and the bitter and the citrus. So just a little food for thought there when it comes to a decent rye whiskey. Uh, some of my other favorites I think right now is the Stellum rye. Those are very good. They're pretty easy to find everywhere. They range anywhere from 50 bucks to 100 bucks. They're in that range. You can get cast strength rise. You can get single barrel rise. You can get small batch rise. Basically, all the same rules that apply to bourbon are going to apply to American rye whiskeys as well. You can get a straight rye, which means it has to be aged at least two years. So very similar to bourbon with rise, but rises have a little more character, if you will. Or a different character. Not more, just different. It's a different animal it's like a brother to rye if you will but yeah that's going to be your second largest option from an american whiskey it's going to be a rye and they can get pretty expensive too so the thing about bourbon is there's so much of it that finding a 10 year old bourbon is pretty common at this point and it's gonna probably get you that you know 50 dollars range on average you can spend you can spend a hundred dollars on a 10 year old bourbon which I wouldn't recommend. But you can also spend $30 on a 10-year-old bourbon too. So something to think about there. When it comes to rye, finding a good high-aged stated rye, that's that's going to be a little harder to find. So rye is very similar to scotch in that aspect of where the higher the age statement on a rye, the more expensive it's going to be. So if you see a 10-year-old rye, or a 12-year-old rye or a 15-year-old rye. You're going to you're going to start you're going to have to cough up some money for that. I think uh like we talked about Whistlepig earlier, the 10-year kind of falls in that $80 range for a bottle of 10-year whiskey. And that's not uncommon for rye. Um you start getting up to like a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, you're easily over $100 for those bottles. Uh same thing with cast strength offerings on rye. The you know, it's just more it's more condensed stuff as opposed to being watered down. So when it's going to be a barrel-proof rye or cast strength, it's going to cost a lot more than, say, a bourbon would, for instance, just because it's it's a different animal. But there's a ton of really good affordable rice out there, too. So just kind of just read your bottles, look and see what it says. Uh, straight rye is going to be a very good indicator of a quality product. And... Yeah, that's kind of the best way to go. Uh, there's a ton of blended rye out there, and we'll talk about blended whiskeys here in a second, especially the American stuff. But uh, some of the other uh, 
types of whiskey you're going to see come out of America is you're going to see wheat whiskey. So that's going to be the same kind of deal as the other two, but this is going to be a 51% mash bill of wheat whiskey. So it's going to be 51% wheat, and then it's going to have either corn and rye or barley in there as well. But 51% wheat is what makes it a wheat whiskey. It could be 100% too, but basically wheat whiskeys are going to have a little softer palate. Uh, They're going to taste, to me, personally, I I feel like they're a little grainier, a little more agricultural. Barenheim is going to be a really popular wheat whiskey. Old Elk makes a really good wheat whiskey. Uh, A lot of companies around here in the Midwest will make wheat whiskeys too, just because we have such a strong agricultural backbone with grains around here. So distilleries have a lot more uh, free range when it comes to stuff up here. They're not really constricted to the heritage and the lineage and the guidelines that a lot of Kentucky distilleries will stick with kind of what they know. Uh, these other companies will make really good wheat whiskeys. Uh, there's also weeded bourbons out there. A weeded bourbon is just uh, kind of spin off of the initial mash bill of using corn and rye and malted barley they'll throw in wheat instead of the rye grain in their mash bill. So a weeded bourbon will still be 51% corn, and then it will have wheat in the mash bill instead of rye. And that's that's the case almost every time. So some popular weeded bourbons are going to be your Pappy Van Winkles and your Wellers and your famous Red Top Maker's Market's very popular. You'll see tons of bottles of that in any liquor store. So if if you've tried those before and you kind of like, oh, that's, I really like Maker's Mark, then those are some other weeded bourbons you could consider trying. Maybe maybe pick up a Weller if you can find it. Those are super hard to find, by the way. Pappy's, almost impossible. Like You have to win those in a raffle most times. But there is a there's a lot of larceny is another one that's pretty abundant. That's a very good weeded bourbon. So just just keep keep a look out there if you see weeded bourbon. That just means that it's got wheat in the mash bill instead of rye, and it's traditionally has a a softer taste, a smoother sip, if you will. Um, I don't find that to be necessarily true, but that's just my personal palate. Everybody's different, so give it a try. Buy one of everything and give it a shot. So uh, going uh, beyond that, we talked about wheat whiskey. We talked about wheat bourbons. We talked about rye. There are single malt whiskeys as well. So think of a single malt whiskey as very similar to a scotch. So most scotches are going to be single malts as where they use malted barley. And that's what they distill with. They don't add corn. They don't add rye. Uh, single malt whiskey means exactly that. It's a single malted grain. To the same process of a scotch, it kind of pays homage to that, but it's made in America. So it's going to have that American vibe to it, which definitely does taste different than than a scotch would. Most American single malts are going to be made the same way. Uh, as far as the aging process goes, almost everybody still uses those those new American oak barrels. So it's going to, it's going to be very similar to the way a bourbon would taste, but it's going to have a lot uh, different characteristics to it. Uh, you get a lot of those maltier, grainier, kind of soapier notes out of those, I find. And it's it's very good. So the best way to describe it is just try it. So if you've never tried a single malt whiskey before, 
you definitely have to give it a shot. I know Stranahan's makes a really excellent one. Just look at the labels. If you see single malt American whiskey, they're they're not as popular. They're not as common. Don't be afraid of them. If you want to talk about some whiskey that you should be afraid of, <laughs> I don't. It's not necessarily afraid of, but uh, blended whiskey is going to be kind of the last aspect of American whiskey that I'm going to talk about with you guys. There's a ton of whiskey out there that you're going to see behind the bar. Your old Thompsons, your Seagram Sevens, just kind of your rail whiskeys. I think usually the cheap stuff, if it's a generic brand, you know, or just just look at. When you go to your liquor store, look at the very bottom shelf, and you're going to see Seagram 7 blended American whiskey. What makes it the way it is, it's only 25% or so of actual, like, whiskey itself. Like, that's that's it for, like, they say they take bourbon and they add 75% neutral grain spirits to that. So they just blend it way down. Neutral grain spirits is essentially vodka or Everclear, if you will. It's just distilled grain that is pure alcohol that they blend with an actual like spirit to make it just super affordable and cheap and there's a ton of whiskeys that do that in america so you just look at the bottom shelf and you'll see a ton of them they're generally trash they're made for affordability they're made for mixing and i think with the way things have gone now in america with bourbon being so popular a lot of these brands have really fallen off to the side they're still there everybody still makes them they're still obviously a purpose for having them but they're just not as popular and if you ever want to do a taste test just go into your local bar and just you know get or you can even go to like any gas station you can buy little mini bottles of these little like 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 i said old thompson or secret seven get a little bottle and just do like a taste testing of that compared to you know any straight bourbon that you have and you will definitely taste the difference and you'll see why it's probably the reason why so many people don't really like whiskey is because they're comparing it to some of these shittier brands that are out there blended whiskey really got a bad rap with some of these brands but not to be said that blended whiskeys can't be good i think maybe especially in the past five years whiskey blending has really become an art here in america again it's it's been going on over in other countries like scotland like with scotch like blended scotches are pretty common over there but in america like really good blended whiskeys are are really making a comeback. So if you look at some really good blended whiskeys, like like just for instance, like Smoke Wagon out of Las Vegas, uh, they're blending whiskeys, but they're blending straight bourbons and they're super high quality. They're super good. They're aged in the desert, which gives them a whole different characteristic. It's just, it's very good stuff. So it's it's kind of the new, uh, it's the new single barrel, if you ask me. Blended whiskey, they, they definitely market it different. Instead of saying like, you know, blah blah blah, blend of whiskey. It'll say something fancy like, like, oh, I'm I'm this brand, is a select blend of fine bourbon whiskeys and ryes or whatever. It'll it'll say something, but that's what it is. That should really cover American whiskey up to this point. We talked about bourbon, we talked about rye, we talked about wheat, we talked about single malts, and there's also corn whiskey. I guess we should talk about that old mellow corn. Um, any corn whiskey has got to be, I think, at least 80% corn to be considered a corn whiskey. And those are very rare to find. I mean, they're out there. Well, mellow corn isn't really that rare or hard to find. It's just maybe not always abundant. And it's a cheap bottle, too. It's usually like a, a $20 bottle. Definitely get a bottle of mellow corn if you ever see it because it's 
it's unique enough to have around and it's cheap enough to buy it and not regret it too. And when you're looking at those cheap bottles too, don't be afraid to explore some of those cheaper options too. There's a lot of great affordable bottles are good everyday drinkers. It doesn't have to be for it to be a good bottle. You know, look at uh, Wild Turkey 101. That, in comparison to a ton of bottles, two, three times the price, is it's going to kick its ass every time. That's just something that you'll learn after, you know, drinking all these different whiskeys so much. Like, you can just have a decent, solid, you know, $30 bottle that's, it's just damn good because they've they've gotten it right. Old Overholt Rye, that's going to be one that's, affordable but it's just it's a it's an excellent it's like a standard mixer for making cocktails old granddad that's a hidden gem there's the old granddad 107 that's that's a a higher proof offering that's usually around 20 bucks and then there's regular old granddad there's bottle and bottle old granddad those are those are decent little offerings very old barton those are very affordable very delicious don't be afraid of the cheap stuff It's, it's a good starting point i know when you're first getting into whiskey, you kind of want to go for the for the hyped up bottles, and there's always something new coming out that you may want to try or you're not sure. But you know, don't sleep on those cheap ones either. So, I think that's it for American whiskey. If you have any other questions that I didn't cover, feel free to hit us up on Instagram or Facebook, Two Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast. That's where you find us. Yeah, come back again. We're gonna talk about Scotch coming up. Uh, we're gonna touch on some other whiskeys from around the world too. Some of the stuff that you see in your stores that. Uh, that can be, I guess, intimidating too. I know scotch is a big one just because of the price point and so much variations of it. So we'll talk about that in the next one. So make sure you guys come back and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks.